Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me to preview the Texans-Panthers game is Desmond Johnson, the host of the Believe in Panthers podcast, part of the Believe Network. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, Desmond. Hey, thanks for having me on, Robert. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the invite. Hey, man, it's like a sliding doors moment for both of these franchises, of course, in the last few months. The Panthers picked Bryce over Stroud. How concerned are you? You got the wrong guy. What have you seen from Bryce so far? Speaking for myself and the Believe in Panthers podcast, I don't think we're concerned with Bryce at all. Um, the problems that the Panthers have had have not been quarterback related. It's been mainly injury related. They've literally got, they just added three more to the IR this week. They have, I think, seven defensive starters on IR right now. You can only trot out 11. So, I mean, you can kind of get an idea of what we're playing with on defense. We're playing with second and third string guys and have been since week two. Uh, Shaq Thompson broke his leg week two on a freak accident uh and one of our defensive linemen got into it after a play the defensive lineman kind of slung the lineman uh down he rolled into Shaq's leg Shaq breaks his fibula you know he's the leader of the defense gone for the year jc horn top cornerback we probably have can't stay on the field pulls up with a hammy week one not even completing that game he hasn't been on the field since so we haven't had our number one cornerback we haven't had our number one linebacker Frankie Louvu's dealing with a hip injury right now. He's trying to play through it. We haven't seen Marquise Haynes yet this season. He's been on IR since uh, preseason. So Bryce isn't really the problem. In fact, we've actually talked each week about how we've seen improvement from Bryce from week one up to week six in terms of him feeling more comfortable in this offense. He's got less to work with than, say, a C.J. Stroud or, you know, Anthony Richardson's handing off to an all-pro running back, you know, that kind of thing. He doesn't have that in Carolina, so... I think maybe the Panthers front office oversold what they brought in uh, around him in the offseason, but they've got a lot of money cap room wise next season. So stuff like not having a first round pick and that kind of thing, that's not really the issue. And Bryce is Bryce is the furthest thing from the problems that the Panthers are having right now. They're not really getting blown out unless you count Miami and Detroit, who happen to be two of the best teams in the league. But they played four of their first six games on the road. And two of those games were at Miami at Detroit. <laughs> so it's not exactly as bad as 0-6 looks, but we're not concerned about Bryce. Bryce isn't the problem that the Panthers are having. One of the things you talked about is the support that C.J. Stroud has, and you hear a ton about the poor Panthers' offensive line, but for much of his snaps, as you might know, Stroud's been behind third stringers along the line here in Houston, which has made what he's done all the more amazing to us. He was sacked 11 times in the first two games, but only twice in the last four games. Desmond, what's kept... Stroud clean is mostly his ability to participate or excuse me, anticipate pressure, his willingness to throw it away when he has to. And then Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick's ability to scheme out of some of the pressure situations that he's had to face. I wanted to ask you, how has Bryce and the Panthers offense handled some of those areas? It's gotten better. I know that was a that was a storyline in preseason for our offensive line. There was a lot of talk, especially here in the area, about a second year of left tackle Iki Kwanu being basically a turnstile in uh, preseason, just kind of letting defensive ends go back there and do whatever they wanted to to Bryce Young. That's calmed down the past couple of weeks. In fact, really after week four, I haven't really heard a whole lot of complaining about the offensive line and how they've played. The Panthers are in a place right now where they're trying to be continuous. And by that, I mean, if you have one good drive, Let's have another good drive right behind. Let's keep it going. And like they kind of sputter and go. The Miami game is a good example of that, although Miami is just a completely superior offense compared to Carolina. Uh, they basically spotted us 14 points, but those were two long drives from Carolina. That was the best Carolina's looked all year on offense as an extended period of time. 
what was a 60 plus yard drive. The other one was a 70 plus yard drive. Next thing you know, they're up 14, nothing. They're controlling time of possession. Then bam, bam, bam. Tyree kill happens. Jalen Waddle happened. Like it literally, <laughs> it just happened so fast. Uh, and the team is so fast, but uh, I don't think that the offensive line is as bad as people thought. We thought coming into the season, we were going to have a top 10 unit based off of how they ended last year. But I think what a lot of Panther fans and myself kind of forgot or didn't really think about, this isn't last year's team. I know they kept a lot of elements from last year's team, but last year's team didn't finish above 500 either under interim head coach Steve uh, Wilkes. And the offensive line was kept intact, but Bryce hasn't had his two starting left guards this entire season in terms of Austin Corbett, who just came off of IR, another guy that's on IR, just came off of it, hadn't played a single snap this season. He may play Sunday, but they might hold him another week just to kind of get him conditioned. And Brady Christensen, who tore his pec week two, uh, the other, the left guard, he's out for the season. So their main thing, again, and that's going to be the theme of this, their main thing is injury. Like, they they are not deep enough to sustain without their starters. And with those starters, I just named two starters right there that hadn't even played on the offensive line. You got a rookie quarterback behind it. You have a running back in Miles Sanders who you are just now bringing in first year in Carolina. And you've got a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach that's offensive-minded. So it's all new. They're basically figuring this out on the fly with the players they have available. And that usually doesn't work <laughs> in the NFL. That usually doesn't that doesn't usually no. result in wins. So for Carolina, they just need to get their guys back on the field and give them out there together lather up instead of having, you know, Brian Burns here and then some dude off the street right beside him and then this guy and then you got somebody else. It's still it's just injury, man. Really it's just injury. Carolina's been in pretty much every game they've played except at Miami at Detroit. You mentioned uh, the offensive coordinator and what's going on there. Head coach Frank Wright started out as the Panthers OC, if I if I got that straight. And then recent Texans head coaching candidate, Thomas Brown, took over. What did you think of the change? Thomas Brown was the OC from the beginning, uh, but Frank was calling the plays. And by calling, that, yeah, 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 he was calling the plays. So Frank, uh, Thomas Brown, and... Parks Frazier, the passing coordinator, um, basically put the game plan together each week, and Frank was kind of calling the plays. We're looking forward to it. Um, Thomas, he's never called play, as far as we know, he's never called plays in a regular season NFL game before, but he did a couple of second halves in the preseason, and the, and the offense looked good. He's from the Sean McVay tree, uh, LA Rams coach, so we expect to see a little bit more pre-snap movement. That was one of our, our gripes with Frank Wright's offense. There's not a lot of pre-snap movement at all, other than just a guy moving for Bryce to see if it's man-to-man or zone, pretty much. But Thomas Brown's coming from that Rams offense through Sean McVay, where there's multiple people moving around. They're doing jet sweeps. They're, they're doing running starts and things of that sort. And that might be a way to kind of get things opened up because the Panthers have looked the best when they're not thinking too hard. When they're in like two-minute, four-minute drills and they're trying to get down the field and Bryce has them in a no-huddle or something – and they don't have to sit there and dissect a 15-second-long play call, and they can just get up there and go, and Bryce can kind of cook a little bit, that's when they're dangerous. So if they get in that situation or if they decide to go that route on Sunday, the Texans may have a more difficult game than they're anticipating uh, coming into Charlotte. Besides Thomas Brown, a load of Texans connections on your coaching staff. Your O-line coach, James Campen, held that position here back in 2021. Panthers defensive coordinator, Ijiro Evero, I'm always pronouncing his name wrong, but yeah, I remember him very well because he was another recent Texans head coach candidate. Bryce, Bryce's QB coach, Josh McCown, another recent Texas head coach candidate. I might add a very hated candidate by the people <laughs> in Houston Texans fans. Any strong impressions, good or bad at this point among those guys? 
No, not yet. Uh, I, I, again, I'm more of a rational Panthers fan, which is really hard to find. <laughs> so I look at it like we're only a third of the way through the season, guys. Like it's really hard for me to to kind of give a grade on what they've done, knowing that okay, they're having to do this, but they're doing it without the players they thought they were going to have. They're doing it with got like Sam Franklin and, and Dave's. They're coming off the street pretty much. They're having to pull in guys from practice squads from other teams to just have a 53-man roster that they can work with. So it's really hard. I will say with Josh McCown, again, I've seen improvement in Bryce each week. And Bryce is the type of guy, and this is why I'm glad they picked him over C.J. Stroud. The one thing that I thought separated Bryce from the rest of the pack of quarterbacks in this draft was that he seemed like the type that wouldn't make the same mistake twice. Like you would have to really trick him to, to do that twice. And, and if you did, he's the type that's going to file that away. He's going to remember it. And he's going to be able to recall it very quickly when it happens again. And I feel like we're watching him learn on the fly with what's around him. Literally hardly no running game, really no receivers with separation. He's used to throwing in windows at Alabama, and those windows are big in Alabama, where his receivers can just run into the window and he can kind of target in there. He's having to target numbers in the NFL. And his completion rate, it's okay. But his rod receiver core, they have to go get him weapons. So this year is really more about Bryce just developing as a quarterback. But they're still – you know, a couple of off seasons away from taking that Bengals or Dolphins leap into, you know, being talked about on a weekly basis. I think Josh McCown's had a lot to do with Bryce's development as the quarterback coach. He's the one guy he's talking to pretty much every time he comes off the field. I'm trying to think of who else. The defense actually has been taken back from where they were last year with Phil Snow and then Steve Wilkes kind of taking over and he brought in his guy. Uh, but even then they dropped down into the 20s and they were in like the top 10 or whatever before that. And this defensive unit with some of the guys that they've had on it has been a top 15, top half of the league unit for the entire Matt Rule era, pretty much, which was kind of strange. But the Panthers never get blown out. They hardly ever get blown out. They're always in these rock fights, these close nine to six type games to the end of the third quarter. And then usually what happens, some somebody on the other team makes a play and that other team scores and separates just enough from Carolina. And then Carolina might score late or something, so the score looks like respectable. But for the most part, it was a rock fight for three quarters. And that's what I kind of expect on Sunday. Two young teams, well, yeah, two young teams led by two rookie quarterbacks, two rookie, uh, well, not rookie coaches, but coaches in their first year in their franchises. I feel like the Panthers' defense is going to be really salty on Sunday because they've been hearing all week nothing but CJ versus Bryce, CJ versus Bryce. And that's all they've heard. And so if they're not there, they're not going to affect this game. CJ Stroud's going to do whatever he wants to. And I feel like the Panthers' defense, Brian Burns in particular may have a big gay, big day on Sunday. Brian Burns is pretty tight with Bryce Young. It, it, you know, he wants to help his guy out. What better way to do it than to sack him two or three times during the this, uh, during this game and let Bryce do what he normally does? So when the game is over, Bryce has a better stat line than than CJ does. I, I feel like the defense is going to be eager to get after CJ Stroud and test the Houston Texans offensive line uh, on Sunday. Yeah, don't be surprised if Will Anderson's a little bit more motivated because he wants to get his buddy, I'm sure, too. Yeah. And I threw out all those Texans ties, Desmond. Didn't even mention Dom Capers, who's a defensive assistant, of course, the first Texans coach, and just a Perfect. crazy amount of coaching connections. And another similarity between these two teams is ownership. David Tepper took over in 2018, which was the same year Cal McNair took over here. Cal was a disaster and a joke until the last year. He hires D'Amico. They draft Stroud, and the feeling in Houston about Cal does a complete 180. How's the temperature there on Tepper, and how much do you think he, of the say that he have on Bryce over Stroud? 
temperature wise, they want to, they want him to sell the team. Um, <laughs> the fan base, the, the, the fan base has just had it at this point. We haven't been to the playoffs since we, since Cam Newton was still basically in his prime uh, in 2017. So we haven't been to the playoffs in going on six years, uh, really the entire tenure of David Tepper's ownership when he took over in 2018 to today. So they've seen the stumbling of the Matt rule situation, that experiment, Steve Wilkes comes in, looks like he turns the franchise around. They start believing again, and then he doesn't hire him, who's actually a Panther. But then he brings in Frank Wright, who was the first starting quarterback in Panthers history, who brings in all these Panther greats and stuff and tries to reinstill the whole keep-pounding mantra of the Panthers. He spoke with Dom Capers. He's on our staff as a defensive advisor. He's the first coach in Panthers history. Him and Frank Wright were the coach and the quarterback uh, back in 95. So. So they've made an effort to try to reconnect to the base. The problem is they're not winning. If they were winning, then this would be a completely different story. But I don't think anybody expected them to be 0-6. And, and that goes back to what I was saying before. I think the Panther fan base is remembering the end of last year and expecting them to just pick up from that. But like my man Jay Stu says on the Believe in Panther podcast, we have to reset that. Like we have to control all delete that because this is not the same team, not the same staff, not the same head coach. So we can't say, well, we did this last year with most of these guys. Why aren't we doing it this year? It's not the same team. This is a completely different thing going on here. And uh, they just went through probably one of the, ru- the roughest first six-game stretches of any team in the NFL, to be honest. I, I mean, I don't know anybody else that's that played four road games in their first six and two division opponents in their first two. Like, everybody just needs to relax. <laughs> if you're a Panther fan, just relax. They're not going to go 0-17. Bryce was the right pick. Your second part of your question was about Bryce, uh, or no, it was about – well, yeah, yeah. The, the the other part was this, on Bryce. Did did Tepper have much of a say? Do you feel like he had much of a say, or was that a, a Frank? Who 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 do you feel like had the most say in, in, in making the decision to pick Bryce over C.J. Stroud? I think David Tepper and Scott Fitter uh, were on him first. I think they wanted him before they hired Frank Wright, uh, and then once they hired Frank Wright, or well, as they were in the process of hiring Frank Wright, they told him their plan to get Bryce Young. And he got to be convinced of the plan, which is why, I don't know if you remember, but the weeks leading up to the draft, the Panthers were taking like a contingent of people like around the country to see these quarterbacks on their pro days. So, and it was, it wasn't just like Frank Wright and David Tepper. It was David Tepper, Mrs. Tepper, his wife, Scott Fitterer, Josh McCown came, Thomas Brown, Frank Wright, all these guys, they all from the Panthers all hopped on the, the private jet of uh, David Tepper and flew, to, uh, to, flew down to all these different places to see Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. And I think after that, they were done with that. Frank Wright was assured that Bryce Young was the guy. And there's a there's a spot on the Carolina Panthers YouTube channel. They put out this thing called Camp Confidential preseason, where you got to see behind the scenes the process of them landing on Bryce Young. And Frank Wright's talking to the players in like a meeting room, and he's talking about why they picked who they picked. And he went through like four different things you want your quarterback to have. The first three were like accuracy, poise, you know, that kind of stuff. But the last thing was the it factor. And he was like, out of all the quarterbacks that we looked at, Bryce just has this it factor where guys just naturally gravitate to him and want him to lead them someplace. He's been that guy every single level of football he's ever played on, from Pop Warner to high school to here. No matter what it is, it's always been the biggest stages. The dude won a Heisman at Alabama. (laughs) He's the only quarterback ever to win a Heisman at Alabama. How nuts is that? Like, the kid's got the goods. And – He's got the personality, and I think the fans get thrown off because he's not Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a completely different personality than Bryce Young. Bryce Young's a yes ma'am, no ma'am, you know, that kind of thing. Cam Newton is the type where 
the fan base was talking about what he was wearing at the podium in the post game on Sunday, all the way up to Wednesday of the next week, every single week. Like it was that kind of thing. And we don't have that now. And the fans don't know what to do, but it's not an indictment on Bryce's playing ability. I think Bryce was the, the best pick this year. And to be honest, if it was if it was this next draft with Caleb Williams and Drake May and, and uh, Penix from Washington, I think Bryce Young would be the number one pick this year too. I mean, he just has certain intangibles that you, you, you don't teach quarterbacks. They either have it or they don't. And he has it. The problem is we just haven't had a chance to see it because of who they played and who they don't have and things of that sort. But that, that stuff will even out over time. This is a long haul, uh, not, a, not a short game. Yeah, you talked about the intangibles, the tangible of his size. It, was it is it shocking to you when you first saw him playing against NFL guys? How how has that looked to to your eyes as as something that either should be concerning or you just feel like it's going to be forgotten once he gets some guys around him? I think it is forgotten. Usually, it's only really brought up by you know like for us, it's usually brought up by visiting teams coming in trying to ask about it, like like what you just did. But for the Panthers, his size hasn't come into play at all. Matter of fact, really after like week one or two. We didn't really think about it. The only time it ever comes up is if he gets blindside hit. There was a play early against Miami uh, last or week six where a guy came in from the left side, blindside, and just ran right through the back of Bryce Young. Like, you could hear the pop through the TV. It was like, and, like, he goes down. He fumbled the ball, but he landed on it. Everybody's like, oh, because, like, you're worried about that when it comes to size. But pops right up. Doesn't need to come out or anything. He's good to go. He's a tough kid. And like you said, he's he's been this size his whole life. Like he was, he was the smallest guy at matter, matter, uh, matter day, uh, his high school in California, one of the top high school football programs in the country. Um, he was the size of Alabama. He's been the size now. I don't think his size is really the issue. I will say this though. He does have a, a unique opportunity that CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson and those guys, they don't have with Bryce at once I had landed on him and we knew that they were going to pick him and I started doing my due diligence on him and his game and what he's doing. We saw some Pat Mahomes, like, similarities in some of the stuff he does. Uh, he hasn't had a chance to do a lot of that yet, but he was doing a lot of stuff in Alabama. And I, I made the comment of Bryce Young has the opportunity to become the Steph Curry of the NFL. And by that, I mean he has the opportunity to change the way we view who is right for certain positions. Um, if you remember when Steph came into the league, there was a lot of questions about his size. He was frail. He had weak ankles that game's not going to work, that kind of thing. And all he did was literally change the way basketball is played at all levels. I do a lot of high school sports, and now it's not rare to see a kid walk across half court and launch a 35-foot three. That's the Steph Curry effect. Like, he's literally changed the way we play basketball. We used to play inside out. Now everything is outside in. I watched some NBA last night, and they're just, everyone's just jacking threes. <laughs> like, everyone's just jacking threes, like 20, 30, 40 threes a game. That's Steph Curry, and I think Bryce can be the same in the NFL where before him, you never would have drafted a 5'9", 5'10", quarterback. Usually they, they don't even make it this far. Usually they get moved from that position in high school to wide receiver or defensive back or something, and they don't get a chance to play quarterback in college. If Bryce is able to be successful at Alabama, of all places, and then come into the NFL and be successful as well, it's going to have a trickle-down effect where you're going to start seeing these kids that are playing quarterback in high school that are shorter than the normal get a chance to continue to play quarterback through these higher levels. And by default, I think they'll get attributed to Bryce Young and his success. The key is he has to be successful. <laughs> so, like, he's got to do all that first, but I think he's in a unique position that C.J. or Anthony Richardson or those other guys can't be because they are, you know, different-sized quarterbacks. Bryce has some similarities to Steph 
that I feel like if this works, then he could really be a game changer down the road. Yeah, of course you picked Steph. He's a he's got Hornets connections. His dad Dell played there. I know That's that. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I remember Dell. Uh, Texans favored by two and a half points. How do you see it play it out Sunday? We are getting some pieces back, so we are excited about that. Um, in terms of some guys that we weren't sure we're going to play, I, I think Frankie Lou said he's playing, uh, and he's probably our best defensive player outside of Brian Burns um, on that other side of the linebacking core. So if he's out there, that's a plus. He's a hundred plus tackler linebacker i want to say xavier woods got brought back to our starting both our starting safeties have been out uh xavier woods and von bell with injuries i think woods is coming back dante jackson was back lot previous game he's had a bye week now he was out for a couple of games our other starting corner so we were banged up the bye week came at a perfect time for us so we're gonna have some fresher bodies coming in i think it's gonna be more of the same of what we've seen from the panthers uh i think it'll be a rock fight i think it'll be a a tight game the panthers defense rarely gives up a lot of points to to teams that aren't like playing an elite level like i mean i know the texans are playing well you're playing 500 ball but i don't think they're playing at the same level that miami was or detroit was you know when we came across them they were like a buzzsaw when we got to them uh and it was in their spots so i do feel like we kind of looked at the schedule this stretch coming up for the panthers as three winnable games for them because they're at home they're playing teams that drafted high in the draft last year. So they're kind of in the same boat as the Panthers in terms of talent level compared to other teams around the league. We have you guys at home. We have Indy at home and we have Chicago on the road over the next three weeks. So we kind of feel like, okay, we got our bye. Yeah, we dug a hole. Our division is horrific. So we're not even thinking about playoffs. We're just thinking, just let's win this game. <laughs> let's just win this game and then worry down the road. Again, we're only a third of the way through the season. It feels like a lot of hope is lost. But for me, I feel like this game could be the spark that the Panthers have been needing to kind of get off the schneid and just, you know, get this thing rolling and seeing what it could do. Uh, I will say this. I, I have no idea what type of offense that you guys are going to see because we have not seen Thomas Brown call plays before. So, we were talking this earlier this week. We have no idea what kind of offense this is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be a heavy on the run game. We don't know if it's going to be just four verts all day. <laughs> like we have flea flickers. Like we don't know what Thomas Brown's style is. So we'll all find out together on Sunday what kind of offense the Panthers are going to be doing. I will say keep an eye out for Chuba Hubbard, our running back uh, that took it well. He started for Miles Sanders in Miami because Miles had a shoulder injury. Miles is probably going to be back, but Chuba is our best running back. So I'd expect a healthy dose of him uh, to help Bryce. And I'm going to, it's like, I want to pick the Panthers, but after what I just said, I don't know if I can, cause I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to run on offense. So it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, the Panthers are going to win by six points or whatever. I don't know what they're going to do. So I hope they win. <laughs> That's probably the best way to do it. Um, I hope they come out with a victory. Uh, we can't lose too many home games like that, but it's not going to be a cakewalk for Houston. Like if Houston thinks they can just walk in and do like what Miami did, that's not going to happen. Like the Panthers defense is better than, what they showed the last few times they went out there and they'll go, they're going to have bodies coming back. So I expect a pretty good game, to be honest. Uh, it'll be close, but I expect it to be an entertaining game. Real quick. I, I forgot to mention this, but you guys have been terrible against the run. The Texans are a dumpster fire at running the football. They had a pretty decent week before the bye, but still it's been bad. What gives, what do you think is going to give are Texans going to get the run game going or you guys going to stop somebody? Actually, that again goes back to who's playing. If we've got <laughs> if Louvu's out there and uh, if Woods is out there on safety, 
Jeremy Chin just went on IR with a, a significant quad injury. He's going to be out for six weeks, so no Jeremy Chin this week. But I think it might be a wash, to be honest. The, the Texans might not be able to run the ball, and we might not be able to necessarily stop it when they do. But I would lean more towards the Panthers' defense being able to contain the run game for Houston, more so Houston running on the Panthers' defense because it's at home. It's in Charlotte, and I would imagine. Plus, this is a special day in Charlotte because uh, – they are inducting Moose Muhammad and Julius Peppers into the Hall of Honor uh, on Sunday. So that's going to be going on during the game, too. So there's going to be a lot of nostalgia, a lot of Panther fans in the, uh, in the stands. If they want to get something and make the fans feel good, this would be the perfect opportunity for their first win of the season. It's kind of stacking up uh, that way. So I would think the Panthers' defense would shine more so than Houston coming in off the road and playing in a different time zone and just magically being able to run through the Panthers' defense. Yeah, Texans got a, maybe got a little bit of a boost when J.J. Watt was inducted into the Ring of Honor against the Steelers, and they really manhandled the Steelers, which is a real surprise. Remind us how uh, we can get your podcast and how to connect with you on social media as well. Yeah, so we just opened up new social media channels. Uh, basically, if you Google Believe in Carolina Panthers social media, you can find wherever we are. Um, it's Believe in Panthers on Twitter, Believe in Carolina Panthers on Instagram. Uh, you, my handle on uh, Twitter is down below at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. We usually do new episodes in season on Tuesdays. Uh, either they'll be live Tuesday mornings or Tuesday evenings. Uh, we do them live uh, and we do fan interactions. So while we're doing our show, if you're watching the show, you can actually ask us questions while we're doing the show. Uh, if you're watching it on Facebook Live on the, uh, the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, Facebook channel, or on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. If you're in there and you're you're watching it in the comments, you can type in a question for us or your your uh, comments or observations of what's going on. So it's been pretty fun once we started doing that and doing it live and letting the fans kind of vent. Uh, so that's the best way to find us. Sounds great. Hey, thanks so much for giving us a little time, David, and can't wait to see Bryce versus CJ. You might not love it as the, the ultimate storyline, but yeah, it's pretty good for these two teams to have a, a, this kind of storyline in, in week eight or wherever we are now. Yeah, number one versus number two. Uh, we've been, they're going to be compared to each other their entire careers. Uh, they're linked at the hip besides that, and uh, they're friends on top of it. So they train together. They've worked, they played against each other since they were kids uh, in, in California. So it should be good. should be a very competitive game, but Knowing Bryce Young from what we know for him, I feel like he's going to want this one more than the other six that we've played so far. So, I, And he's had a week to prepare for the Texans. So I, I think they'll be ready. I, I feel pretty confident. We got our live post game on Sunday as well on, on YouTube as we do after every post game. So go check that out. And uh, always great to catch up with uh, somebody from the Believe Network. They've been so good to us. And we'll talk to you again in a few days. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.